Hello and welcome to another edition of Prophetic Times. I'm Dr. Deborah Hale Isom, and today is the best day of your life. Today we're going to talk from the topic functions of the prophet. Praise God. So we're going to talk about what are the functions? What is it that the prophets are supposed to be doing? How do they operate? What is it that they that they do? But you want me to tell you what's so very important about all of this is because when you are a prophet, when you are called into that office, many times you're already doing these things, but you don't know why you're doing it. It's just because this is a part of what prophets do. A lot of times people call me and they, they say, well, I think, you know, I, I need to be a part of your school and, and you know, I need to uh, get involved with what you're doing with the, uh, the school of the prophets. And I begin to ask, I say, well, what are you doing in ministry? And some of them will say, well, I'm doing this in ministry, or that in ministry, but then they, some of them won't. They'll say, well, I do this and I do that and I do the other thing. And many times the things that they're doing are the functions that a prophet would uh, be doing or, the, or uh, an evangelist or a teacher or a pastor or whatever, but they're just not doing it within the church setting. And a lot of times what people don't really understand is prophets or apostles or teachers or evangelists or even pastors may not always function and flow within the church body. Now, should they be a part of a church body? Yes. Every Christian should be a part of a church body because the Bible says that we should assemble ourselves, praise God. However, uh, many, many times, and, and let me let me add, add this as a little caveat, if you're in a church body, you need to be doing something within that church body as best you can. Now, uh, the other thing that I want to, uh, to share with you is many times your ministry may or may not be within that church body. God may call you outside of the church body to do what it is that you're called to do. That is very, very possible. And in many times you may function and flow within the body and also outside the body. Because what we need to understand is the church is a place to prepare you to do ministry. Within the church, I want you to understand this. Within the church, most of the people there are already saved, already born again. If they're not, they are privy to how to do that. Because almost every Sunday, every church, everybody's church is saying, come to know Jesus. A part of the message is to come to know Jesus. So they have that privilege, even if they haven't taken advantage of it uh, as of that moment. However, true ministry, a lot of it takes place outside of the church. This is important that you understand that many, many times, but what the church does is prepare you, strengthens you, give you the tools necessary to go out there to this dying world who do not know that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus saves. And when we talk about salvation, we're talking about heal, deliver, set free, prosper. And when we say prosper, we're not talking about just financially, but it does include financially, but we're talking about uh, nothing missing, nothing broken, having good jobs, prosperous businesses, uh, anointed and blessed ministries, good relationships, great marriages, good relationship with your children, everything that concerns you, in your salvation package, God wants to give you all of those things. So a lot of times people just don't understand that you may not be doing it within a church body, but if you're doing it, it's because it's flowing out of a call or out of a gifting that God has already placed within you. Praise God. So let's go ahead. We're going to look at, um, uh, first thing we're going to look at is Acts 13. 
And we're going to look at verses one through three, because a part of the functions of the prophet is to activate ministers and ministries. Uh, praise God. So let's read about that. Let's talk about that. Here it goes. It says, now there were in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and uh, Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian which had been brought up with the, with the Herod, the Tekriot, and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work within. I have called them. Now listen at this. The Holy Spirit or God does the calling. The prophet does not do the calling. The prophet, what the prophet does is confirm the call, activate the giftings, and impart into uh, uh, the called out one or the person that's being ordained or the person that's being sent, praise God. So that's very important when we begin to talk about a prophetic presbytery. We're talking about mature prophets, mature apostles, mature uh, prophetic saints, praise God, people who are strong in the prophetic, who can lay hands, who can speak into um, a, a, a candidate for ordination or to be sent out into ministry, who can stir those gifts, activate those gifts, and impart gifts, giftings on the inside of them so that they can go forth and do great and mighty things. Now, I want to tell you something about that impart, imparting. Two levels of impartation takes place. The first and the main and the most important one is the impartation that takes place by God himself. If he calls you to do something, generally he will impart into you what you need to be able to do that. However, it is also important for this presbytery to take place with prophetic apostles, prophets, prophetic ministers, and mature uh, prophetic saints like elders to begin to minister into you, to stir those gifts, to cause you to be confirmed so that you can be strong and steadfast in the things that God has called you to do. I keep telling y'all, in this country, the United States, five, uh, 15,000 men and women ministers leave the ministry every, not year, month. I want you to understand something. When God begins to speak, when he begins to cause the prophetic word to come forth in your life, the enemy is immediately going to begin to speak to your mind and he's going to begin to send other people to begin to say that cannot happen. You cannot do that. That is not the will of God. But when you have had the word of the Lord spoken to you by a true prophet, you are confirmed in that the doubt is removed and you can be solid. You cannot be pushed away from it and you can begin to move in what thus says the Lord. This is important stuff. When something is confirmed, it will be marked by a long, continuous, and likely persistent place in the things of God. If you want to be consistent, you know, so often they tell me, oh, you're just not consistent. You need to hear from a prophet. You need to hear the word of the Lord confirmed in your life so that you can be steadfast. Now, then you have a responsibility to believe what the word of the Lord is saying. Praise God. A lot of times God will speak into your heart, speak into your life. And then a lot of times people won't be, they won't be sure that that's what God is saying. But when that prophet comes and brings that confirmation, many times people will say, okay, this is the will of the Lord. Now, some people won't, some people will still be, you know, 
uh, 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 not steadfast in that. But the reason for that is because they have to get that relationship with God and understand when God speaks to them, they hear his voice. But when, even when God speaks to them through somebody else, they understand this is the word, the word of the Lord. All of that comes to relationship through you reading your Bible, through you having a prayer life, through you having a fasted life, praise God. And then you can begin to, when a prophet speaks, it will line up with your spirit because you have lined your spirit up with the spirit of the living God. Praise God. And that, my friend, is quite, quite, quite important. Now, what I want you to understand something is the church is in a place of reformation. When we begin to talk about reformation, what are we talking about? Reformation, according to Webster, is to make changes to something with the intentions of setting it back onto the right path or back onto the right foundation, praise God. So that's important that we understand that. We need to know we're in a season of reformation. We're in a season where God is taking all of this religion and tradition and he's saying, all right, he, that's why we see so many apostles coming forth because apostles bring government. They bring you back to the first century teachings of the Bible, praise God, back to where the, the church was first founded, uh, uh, first uh, when it first came out of the heart of God, praise God. So we need to begin to understand that we're in a season of reformation. Now, the first reformation came when Jesus first came on the scene. He began to move us from all of those laws. He moved us from the law. He said, I have fulfilled the law. Praise God. I didn't come to get rid of the law. I fulfilled the law. Praise God. So he came to say, listen, you don't have to uh, think that you're going to be born again or saved because of all the laws that you keep. No, he's saying that you are going to be saved because of what I did at Calvary's cross. I am your salvation, praise God. Does that mean that you can go out there and live raggedy? No, because when you experience the spirit of God living on the inside of you, you won't live like that. You're going to do what the spirit of the Lord is speaking to you to do in your heart, praise God. Will you miss it sometimes? Yes, but the Holy Ghost will bring you right back on track. Glory be to God. So we don't have to worry about all of those things. The second reformation happened in the 16th century with Martin Luther. He reformed the the Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church, and that's when the Protestant churches, Protestant churches were uh, developed. Because at that time, the Roman Catholic Church was saying, "Listen, you can buy your way into heaven. If you give this much money, then you'll be saved, and you'll be set free, and you'll be all, you'll be forgiven." At that time, they were trying to build the Roman Catholic Church, but Martin Luther said, "That's not the word of the Lord. That's not the word of the Lord." He was an apostle, so he brought people back to the fact that you are saved by what Jesus Christ did on that cross. And this is the third apostolic reformation, bringing government back to the church, praise God. So that is why God is saying, prophets arise and speak forth what I've called you to speak forth. Come back next time. We're going to talk more on this very important topic.